The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike and we're going to give you a rundown of the week that was in All Elite Wrestling. Uh, before we get into the action, Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, Obviously, it's been a weird week in general, so we're going to talk about that a little later. But on a personal note, things things are doing pretty well, man. Things are good. Uh, I had I think I've mentioned on the show before that I was doing an improv comedy class uh, at Improv Boston, and I had my student showcase on Tuesday. So, congratulations! Yeah, I made my stage debut. I was nervous <laughs> beyond belief. Uh, I haven't been on stage in any way, shape, or form in in a performance capacity in probably fifteen years. So uh, that was that was a little scary, but like presentations i've done in the past or interviews or even you know first dates as soon as as soon as i got out there calmed down like it went went really well so uh it was just a really fun experience and just a a real rush man just to have people laughing because of me and not well laughing at what i said not just what they're (laughs) seeing so yeah it, it was a ton of fun and i got to i got to do it Ironically, the sketch that I got to do as like my my main thing was hosting a radio show slash podcast. So who would have thought I would have a knack for that? I had to do a radio show with my partner about front porches. The oh, son that's of a, a bitch. Excellent yeah. topic. Yeah. Whoever suggested that. Screw you. That was the most random and hardest thing I had to talk about. But I, oh, I could talk about front porches for hours. Well, <laughs> I love a good wraparound pack- deck. I prefer the back porch. I uh, was one of my bigger jokes from the show, so it, it was it was a ton of fun, and I, I highly recommend it for anyone. You know, if if you want to push yourself and try something new, and yeah, I'm I'm starting two oh one here in a few weeks. You know, coronavirus pending, but uh, it's 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 really fun, and uh, yeah, you're gonna potentially start hearing me like doing things on the show that I learned in class. So get ready for it. Oh well, good. I mean, look, you know improv class i think that's a great thing for you to be doing and i wouldn't be too worried you know they're only canceling large events for coronavirus so i think the kind of crowds that are drawn by improv will be okay yeah the 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 main stage theater only has like a max of 95 people i think so it's like eh, we're canceling like bigger events so we should be okay but the classes themselves are super fun so how how about you man how's uh how's the good old south treating you uh things are pretty good except that down here, it's already gotten warm, so it's pollen season. I am so bitter. Uh, my allergies are going nuts. So I've uh, been getting back into running after I had gotten the flu, and uh, it just was really, really tough for a while because I just had no energy, no lung capacity, none of that. And, and so it was really frustrating uh, trying to get out and run. And I'd done this marathon. And right after that was when I got wiped out. So, you know, trying to get back into it. And I went out running yesterday and there was so much pollen in the air. As soon as I got done, it just immediately, uh, my nose started running. I started sneezing. It was miserable. You know, I got through it, taking lots of allergy medication and, uh, 
uh, I think I think it's going to be okay. Uh, but that's that's what's going on for me at the moment. Man, that sucks, Joel. <laughs> no, it, it, um, it does. It's it's not fun. It, it's kind of yeah. like having Skype crash in the middle of a podcast recording. I know. What would that be like? <laughs> Heaven forbid. But on that note, Joel, why don't you why don't you break down the night that was in all elite wrestling? From where? Salt Lake City? Was it Salt Lake City? Yes, Salt Lake City at the uh, Maverick Center. That's that's Maverick oh, without Mavericks. a C, so not that kind of Maverick. I'm a Maverick? <laughs> the night started, not that kind of Maverick either. Uh, the night started off with uh, Hangman Page uh, getting a little mini interview with Tony Schiavone and a little interaction with the Jacksons, kind of a cold open. And then uh, we proceeded with Ortiz versus Cody, Cody getting the win via submission. We then had a backstage attack uh, or the aftermath of a backstage attack and Nick Jackson being taken to the hospital. That was followed up by a tag team match in the women's division between Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida against Nyla Rose and B Priestley. Nyla Rose got the win via pinfall. And uh, then we had B Priestley turn on Nyla Rose after the match. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Then there was a parody of the Dark Order recruitment commercials from Christopher Daniels. And the Jurassic Express had a, a six-man tag team match against the Butcher and the Blade with MJF. Uh, MJF getting the win via submission on Marco's stunt. We had a, a vignette from Darby Allen continuing the feud between he and Sammy Guevara. An interview between Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone with Big Swole coming out and interrupting. Private Party had a match uh, where they teamed up with Joey Janela to face off the newly formed Death Triangle. Death Triangle getting the win via pinfall off of the Black Arrow. Dustin Rhodes announced that he would be the tag team partner for Adam Page in the main event due to the injury to Kenny Omega's hand. And we got an update on the Search for Spears tag team partner, which was a lot of fun. Moxley was interviewed by JR. And then finally, the main event, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Adam Page and Dustin Rhodes. Adam Page getting the win via pinfall. So that was the action from the week. Let's jump right into it. Stock up, stock down. Uh, where do you want to start? Well, I think we have to talk about the thing that is dominating social media, the news, pretty much everything in the world right now. And and that is the, the coronavirus pandemic. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard by now, but I don't even think I could list everything that's been delayed or canceled. But the NBA season is suspended. The MLB season will be delayed. Training training is closed right now. The NHL has been suspended. Countless of school districts are closed. I think I just read the entire state of Ohio will have their schools closed for the next three weeks. Um, colleges are sending students home, transitioning to purely online courses for the rest of the term. So I think I was I was watching the news. Actually, it's uh, one of the reasons well, we are recording today, Thursday, instead of our usual Wednesday slot is we got a little distracted with uh, some of the, the breaking news. So. Uh, our lives are all changed for for the foreseeable future. And, uh, you know, to bring it to what we talk about, we, we want to briefly talk about how this is going to affect wrestling as we know it. So, Joel, I know you have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, 
you mentioned everything that has been canceled about the only area of entertainment, live entertainment that hasn't made some kind of statement has been pro wrestling, especially when we look at like the sports and sports entertainment side of things. And I mean, AEW has built up so much momentum. And the advent of this virus and the potential outcome of either having to cancel shows or uh, perform in an empty arena and, you know, the potential, you know, momentum stealer that that could be, it just, it really bums me out. And of course, like this is small stakes and small potatoes compared with the larger scale of what this is. I don't mean to minimize or trivialize, uh, but we're a pro wrestling podcast and that's what we talk about. So uh, neither of us are, are medical professionals and or epidemiologists or, or anything of the sort. So, you know, turn to others, look to the experts for your advice. We, we don't have that here. Uh, but I do think this could be kind of a, a moment for professional wrestling. It, it's notably a sports, a activity that doesn't have an off season. And, you know, that's something that's been critiqued for a long time that, you know, maybe pro wrestling would be better with an off season, or at least with like, an informal rotating off season where some of the talent got time off. And to see that that off season might potentially happen, but it could be, you know, imposed upon pro wrestling instead of them deciding to do it themselves is kind of crazy. I mean, what were some of your thoughts around, you know, what this could mean for you know, the the kind of cold war between AEW and the other wrestling company and and how this pans out. Well, the the biggest concern for me is is the other wrestling company has the infrastructure and resources to potentially do this in a different way. So there's already been reports that SmackDown is gonna be aired from the performance center this week. And it sounds like Raw and SmackDown could come from both uh, come from there for the foreseeable future. And while the Performance Center obviously isn't a full-fledged arena, you know, it's big enough uh and they still have the the, you know, production ability ability to make the product look good. I'm a little worried that if if AEW starts running into some of these states and arenas where they're limiting um the amount of people in a, in one place, they might not have the same kind of backup plan. And already, you know, AEW hasn't released a statement as of 6 o'clock on Thursday, but New York has uh, begun to ban events over a certain size. And next week's Dynamite is from Rochester, New York. So no word on yet. But, you know, from what I'm seeing on Twitter and some of the dirt sheets, it's, it's already internally been been canceled and they had a backup date for July to make sure that they still had an event there. So be curious to see what they do and how they handle it. And yeah, it, for me personally, it just, you know, I, I'd like to look at sports as, you know, I'm not a stick to sports guy, but, you know, I do look at sports as a way to be entertained and to kind of distract me from my everyday. So seeing sports that I love, like the NBA and baseball really affected by this, it's, uh, been tough and like i was like man well at least i still have professional wrestling and you know i really hope that they can find a way to do this but also like if there's any risk to the wrestlers or any risk to the production teams or anything like that shut it down it's not worth it like i love what what we have in AEW right now but uh i would hate to 
I would hate for something like what happened with the Utah Jazz last night to happen at an AEW show. So uh, just very scary, very frustrating. But now if, if both these companies and other companies can figure out a way to do this and keep everyone safe, um, you know, it's a good opportunity for them to be the only really live entertainment in, in the game right now. Not that they're going to bring over, you know, the, the casual NBA fan. But if you can bring in a, an NBA fan who used to be a wrestling fan who is looking for something to watch, that's that's certainly certainly a potential positive for the companies in that regard. Yeah, there's, um, a, I think, there's a challenge here, but there's also definitely that opportunity. I, I agree completely on that. And Tony uh, Tony Khan had a, a meeting behind, backstage yesterday. We're going a little um, dirt sheety here, but emphasize that if you are not comfortable traveling right now, it will not be held against you. It will not affect your spot on the card. It will not delay or take away your push. Everyone has the right to make their own decisions like that. So that's a very refreshing thing to hear um, from a company that has a lot of, you know, still a lot of positive stuff, but still young, you know. So for them to say, hey, if you need to do this, that's more important. That's a real positive thing to to hear. So it's impacting everything. And I, I don't think we meant to start the show with such a, a buzzkill, but it's one of those things that you just can't. You, you, we, we can't ignore it. You know, well, last night felt. Last night felt like, you know, 9-11, you know, I'll, I'll always remember watching the, the address and then all of a sudden the NBA canceling the rest of the season. Did you see the gif of Mark Cuban reacting to yeah. the tweet live? Like, no fucking way. So, um, yeah, it's just whew, it is what it is, man. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And it does feel like one of those, you know, generation defining moments where you, you will look back and be able to remember where you were, what you were doing. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm a huge college basketball fan and I was watching the Tar Heel game last night and last night they announced that they they weren't going to allow any fans in the arena for the games. And then today they were just like, nope, the tournament's canceled. It's over. And I'll be surprised if the NCAA doesn't follow suit at this point. Already announced and, okay. it was like 20, 30 minutes ago. Gotcha. I didn't know that they had officially canceled the NCAA tournament, but you know, it, it, it's kind of wild. You know, these are things that I have on my calendar, you know, way in advance to think about, like I've, I've taken off time off from work to, you know, watch games and stuff. And, and that's just not going to be reality this year. And, and what does that mean? And, you know, again, all of this is, is small compared with, you know, people's mortality and and their health and making sure that we do everything we can to curb this pandemic. But it's it just, it really does. It rocks your world. So. <sighs> yeah. Well, I, I, on that note, you know, obviously guys be safe, wash your, wash your damn hands. Yeah. You filthy animals, <laughs> social distancing, but you know, just be smart about it, you know? And uh, yeah, I think on that note, Joel, do you want to, <laughs> You want to talk about something a little more positive? <laughs> yeah, after that huge stock down to coronavirus. Yeah, stock um, down to coronavirus, two giant thumbs, way, way down. Eat shit, you bastard. Let's go to something else, Joel. Um, <laughs> oh, I fucking slipped. <laughs> I got so damped. I'm wearing my slippers and my feet slipped and I almost hit my face on the table. 
<laughs> yeah, you don't have your you, camera coronavirus. on. I'm so disappointed I didn't get to see that. Uh, <laughs> well, Mike, something I think both of us had as a stock up from this week was the action in the women's division in, in both of those major segments where we had the excellent tag match between Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose and B Priestley to the development of a secondary storyline between Britt Baker and Big Swole. Yes. Something we've been waiting for. And I thought that segment in particular, that's the one I really wanted to talk about. My favorite line of the entire night, I popped so hard for I'm married, baby. Yes. <laughs> that was so good. And she looked awesome. Just, I, I really like when people look cool and badass in street clothes and Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Charlotte's a great example of that. She never looks tougher or more badass than when she comes out in, you know, jeans and a black tank top. And that was essentially, you know, Swole was in a very similar look. She had boots and jeans and the kind of cut off shirt and just, she looked like a beast and she looked so tough and I was really excited to see that confrontation. And I'm excited to see where it goes. I thought this was a big step forward for the women's division in AEW to have these two active storylines of, you know, what's going on with the championship chase. But then now we have this budding rivalry between Britt Baker and Big Swole. Yeah, I wrote more characters, more women, more characters, more women, more stories. Like, this is something that the other wrestling show has not been able to even, like, They've not been able to maintain more than one women's storyline at a time on their respective shows. And it's frustrating because when you get like that, that interview with Shivani wasn't even that long. It was maybe a four or five minute segment. That's it. That's it. And there was so much said between what they actually said and their body language. And you know that if they they move this into a match, it's going to be great, you know? And if we... (laughs) If if we see an NXT Cedric Alexander versus Adam Cole, we know they watch AEW every single week. <laughs> and, you know, you should have Cedric Alexander come out next week and say, I have a public swole announcement to make and just see, <laughs> see their reaction. But that's another thing. The public swole announcements. Have you seen that? It was on yeah. Elite. Uh I think it debuted like two, three weeks ago. It's such a it's such a cool little phrase. Public swole announcement come out state what you got so she she's incredible and i really once again brit's just transformed into such a natural heel right now and the fact that she was basically saying you're all inbred bastards here in utah <laughs> just made made me overweight, laugh <laughs> overweight inbred bastards with bad teeth bad I teeth mean, yeah and <laughs> you're sad because you can't have caffeine and you can't have alcohol i mean it I, I really thought she's still she's so on the top of her game as a heel. And I love the gimmick of a heel who thinks they're a face and, you know, just coming out and saying I'm a role model and I appreciate your warm welcome every week. It just <laughs> such great work and, and really just good classic wrestling stuff. Yeah. I really like that. Speaking like of classic her- wrestling stuff. Um, uh, the 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 betrayal in the tag team match. See what I did there? Ah, uh, <laughs> Joel, you got it. Yeah, you can tell which one of us has been taking improv classes. 
not this guy. <laughs> yeah, no. So that was the, the betrayal at the end of the match was surprising because like they made a point that this was Bay's B. How do you actually say it? Is it Bay? B. B? Just B? Just, yep. B priest. Just the low B. Okay. Uh, B hadn't been on a show since December 11th. Hasn't hadn't been on Dynamite since then. So it kind of felt like, oh, this is the random heel partner she's going to get. And for B to actually like say, uh-uh-uh, don't forget about me and attacking Rose like that. Um, and it was kind of weird because like the camera didn't really wasn't on it right away. So I thought it was a replay. I'm like, I didn't, I don't remember that from the match. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> B just took out Nyla. And so you had the existing storyline between Nyla Rose and Statlander just from their, their history over the last few weeks. You have Sheeta as the number one ranked person. She's number one. I think, I think they mentioned that. She's the number one contender. And then you have B, who is an amazing talent, just kind of insert herself in the story like, hey, don't forget about me. So I, I think I mentioned on the show after Revolution that I wanted to see how the women's division would grow between now and Double or Nothing. And the two episodes since Revolution, the women have, we basically got five people, five, six people to really care about now, which during most of the, the Rio title reign, it was really whoever was at the top of the rankings or feuding with her at the time. So just a really good job. And the match itself was amazing. I really enjoyed this match. Might be my favorite match from the night. Yeah, it was really good. There was an awesome sequence between uh, Sheeta and B Priestley where Priestley hit a round kick. Sheeta came back with an enziguri. Priestley hit a German suplex. Sheeta stood up out of it and then hit her in the back of the head with a shining wizard. I mean, just really, really cool, good action. And I really enjoyed what I saw in this match. Um, and I, I like where it's going. I like what they're setting up. And uh, pretty soon, uh, B. Priestley might be a, a more recognizable name than uh, than her, her wrestling boyfriend. So uh, I don't even know who she's who she's dating. Will Ospreay. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll see about that. <laughs> I, well, I like think about it though. Like ton. she's on national television in the U.S. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't have the not, same exposure here. So I did not know she was. Uh, she was with Will Ospreay. That's a. That's wow. That I mean, might unless be. they broke up and I don't know about it, but I'm pretty sure. We should do side note. We should do an episode on just wrestling power couples <laughs> and which ones would win a mixed match challenge uh throughout all the industry because i feel like we could put together a hell of a bracket but a real um, mixed match challenge where you know we get actual intergender wrestling yeah not facebook crap <laughs> um <laughs> i know we've seen i know we've seen this spot before but it still amazes me that sheeta can get nyla up on the falcon arrow it just yeah. looks so damn clean and like i don't care how many times i see it it's always gonna look impressive and B's submission move, I, I don't know what the name of it is, but it looked like what AJ Lee used to do in WWE. Like, I just thought that was really impressive in the spots that her and Statlander did. And then did you hear Nyla scream, tap out, uh, tap you stupid alien during yeah. the match? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just super fun. And uh, like that, that spear of Sheeta and the beast bomb at the end, just that. That was beast a bomb huge looking, spear. Yeah. yeah. Huge spear and the beast bombs looking better every single week. And yeah, then we got the 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 B kind of, hey, screw you. I'm here too. So 
just uh, really fun stuff. And I know they I know they referenced in the Moxley interview that Newark is kind of a pay-per-view level card. I wonder if we'll see any of these kind of feuds uh, culminate there or some sort of match there as well. So um would be great to see. But yeah, uh, about a month ago, I was really concerned about the women's division. Then they took the title off Rio, put the belt on Rose. So what I really enjoyed about this is that I think it shows the same concerted effort that AEW did with some of the younger men talent in the fall and early spring. Darby Alley, Sammy Guevara, we're getting these women in prominent spots and they're getting a chance to show off. So six weeks ago, we really weren't talking about Big Swole. We might have been talking about how Britt Baker was struggling. Um, Sheeta was always someone we loved, but wasn't getting you know the matches we thought she should have got. So. Yeah, just just a really good effort. I think they're continuing the star building process that they did on the men's side. I think we're finally going to see the women's division become this uh, what we what we hoped it could be because I think we we expected it to be on par with everything else. So I do yeah. think they're still missing that star free agent to come in and really anchor the division, but they are doing a good job of developing the younger talent that they have. So I'm interested to see where this takes us, and I hope that they stick with developing multiple women's storylines from week to week using dynamite and dark. So what else do you have as a stock up from this week? Yeah, I just wanted, I wanted to talk about the, the inner circle versus the elite storyline. This was a feud that we saw when dynamite debuted. So the last two weeks have been very reminiscent of that first month of dynamite. Yeah. It feels like we've been building to this for a long time. Yeah, and I normally I'd be like, oh, they're going back to the well already. But remember, it kind of ended after the Cody um, Jericho match at Full Gear. And I remember us both saying, huh, it's kind of weird that this is just kind of dead. You know, we didn't see the Jake Hager wrestle. We didn't see some of the blow off stuff that we thought we would. would. So in this regard, I kind of like that we're going back to it because I felt there was a lot more that needed to be done between these two groups and i mentioned last week how it was nice seeing the inner circle kind of you know reassert themselves as a as a dominant force and two weeks in you know we we see moxley wasn't on the show tonight he was injured and then we saw the elite broken you know the the elite as a whole is 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 fractured right now so uh very curious to seeing where they go um for the blood and guts match um yeah what are, what are your thoughts on on the the segments involving these groups tonight well i thought it was the the story of the show from top to bottom you know we opened with that little interview segment with hangman you know clearly indicating and using his platform to kind of humiliate the bucks indicating that he's not made nice with them yet specifically matt jackson and then we closed the show with matt jackson giving adam page the finger and that giving the inner circle the opening to stand tall. So the inner circle is the united group right now. And because of that, they're getting the upper hand. And, you know, not only is the elite physically broken with injuries to different members of the group, but they're also, you know, mentally not in it and emotionally not together as a team. So I like the way they're building this. And I'm curious to see what comes out of it right not necessarily the outcome of the match and that may be the one flaw in this build is that 
I don't really care who wins Blood and Guts. But what I want to see is, is Blood and Guts where Adam Page finally turns his back on the elite, you know, in a big way. Is this where, you know, maybe the Young Bucks lean into turning heel? So there's a lot of different stuff that could come out of this match. And that's what I'm interested to see. Yeah, I'm also wondering which elite members are going to be in it. I know they announced that it was the main five, the Bucks, Kenny, Cody, Paige, but they had a freaking door, <laughs> a garage door on Nick. And, you know, dirt sheets, his his wife's expecting one of another kid soon. It was one of the reasons he hasn't really been on TV recently or last week. So is he going to be in the match? And does that open it up? You know, Moxley talked about how he's in the inner circle's blind spot right now. Is that, does he say, I'm joining you guys for a week because I'm not done with this group either? Does Darby get inserted into this match with how he, his vignette tonight of pulling a <laughs> Sammy Guevara dummy behind his car in a body bag? Like, I'm, I'm curious to see if the entirety of the elite makes it to this match because there are many people who have beef with uh the inner circle right now and not only did he drag sammy guevara around he dragged sammy guevara around while wearing a chris jericho mask (laughs) so like the implication there is sammy you're being used you're taking all the hits for chris jericho and you're not getting anything out of it so i think in addition to him saying i'm not done with you it's also kind of throwing some shade at Chris Jericho and saying, you know, you need to wake up and open your eyes because you're being used. And I thought that was really well done, but he is very tied into this whole feud as well. So it is going to be interesting. You also have the, the kayfabe injury to Kenny Omega, because I, I don't think his hand is actually broken. No, he, he legit broke his pinky. He broke oh, his okay. pinky, not his whole hand. Gotcha. That is well, actually they said a... broken hand. So yeah, uh, yeah uh, emphasize. You know, and, and then he was out there, you know, throwing working punches with his allegedly broken hand. So that was kind of weird. But, you know, I, I do think there's a lot of different ways this could go and a lot of different configurations of who could end up actually being in the match. You know, I, I think we could potentially see a member of the elite taken out next week. And then you could see the murder hawk himself inserted into this match in a debuting Lance Archer. I mean, what a way to debut in you know, one of the biggest matches that's going to be on AEW television this month. So there's a lot that could potentially happen here. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, you mentioned that you don't really care about the outcome of the match because the outcome itself really doesn't freaking matter if we're being honest, but yeah, how these storylines, uh, start to pull apart and move in different directions. You know, once blood and guts happens, we're what? Seven weeks, eight weeks away from double or nothing. So it really does feel like this is kind of like a mini pay-per-view. Let's get everything from revolution to here. And then we'll start building up for that next show. So, well, they kind of um, did the same thing with bash at the beach too. So I'm wondering if this is going to be the pattern. Are we going to have like a big themed episode of dynamite? in the middle in between their pay-per-views so that Mm -hmm. they can have blow-offs to feuds and they can have these high-profile showcases and put it out there on free TV so the fans can get invested and and think, man, if this is the kind of match that I'm getting on a weekly episode of Dynamite, what do I get when I pony up and I pay 
for the full-on pay-per-view four times a year when that comes around. Yep, exactly. And there was good stuff from the matches tonight as well. You know, I don't know if you have any spots you want to talk about, but boy, does Sammy know how to take a kick? Did yeah. you see that big boot from Hangman? <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. It wasn't quite the super kick he took from one of the Bucks a few weeks ago, but Jesus, he he knows how to make that look insane. And just, man, I think that was the best looking destroyer we've seen uh, Dustin hit with Sammy this week. That thing looked so freaking pretty. And then how that turned into the buckshot lariat for the win. So uh, I just really, really enjoyed that match. Um, and just I want to give some props to Dustin. You know, he's pretty old now and this might be the, some of the best work he's done in his career and if you look at him and Jericho you you're you're probably leaning that Dustin's like the more mobile active worker right now and that's a really weird thing I never thought I would uh say and also I liked Jericho taking the beer from the from the crowd and like I'm a cowboy and started drinking it um, yeah that was kind of funny I, I do wonder if those are placed now because that beer looked wicked full. And I wonder if they don't want them actually drinking beer from the crowd. I really hope so. I, I mean, yeah. it's obviously a great gimmick. And he's he was getting over so big by taking beer from people. But I do think it's likely that they're using plants now because that person in particular was holding up two beers and one of them was mostly empty and one of them was completely full. So either that was the fans plan was I'm going to get two beers. I'm going to drink one of them. <laughs> and then the other one is going to be reserved uh, or, you know, they're using plants, which I wouldn't blame them. It allows him to keep doing it, keep getting over with that gimmick, but doing it in a safer way. It isn't, isn't it? It was is it Garza in, in the other wrestling company that like kisses women on the cheek when he comes out to the ring. Yeah, he's, he's done he, that before. Yeah, so like I remember I saw something on one of the dirt sheets about people asking him if he's going to keep doing that. So just just little stuff there. But any anything else with uh, the two inner circle elite segments that we that we had tonight? Um, I mean, I thought that the opening match was a little bit like the timing felt off. I don't know that Ortiz and Cody have very good chemistry, uh, but something I did want to point out. One, A-plus work from Jericho on the mic after that match. I thought everything that he said was great. And mm -hmm. I've been, you know, vocally critical of Jericho. So I want to give him props because this was a really tight promo that he cut uh, when they cut to backstage showing Nick Jackson uh, under the door. Uh, but the main observation that I wanted to take away from this is 100% of the time in the other wrestling company, this match would have ended in a DQ. Yes. when Cody had him in the figure four in the middle of the ring and there's no way for Ortiz to escape Santana would have come in and you know laid the beat down on Cody and ring the bell DQ that's the end and I really like that this match just ended with a clean submission in the middle of the ring and it's been a big part of the story of AEW that we get clean finishes every week mm -hmm. and I was glad that that continued tonight I don't remember the last time I saw a figure four actually win a match. Maybe when the Miz was doing it prominently with like when he was bequeathed it by Ric Flair a few years ago. But like 
you don't see that on the and I'm not counting Charlotte's figure eight because that's definitely a, a, a move that finishes matches. But just a standard figure for a leg lock to win the match was uh, kind of surprising to me. And yeah, I agree. Not to mention you had Jake the Snake and um, Archer on the outside for a good portion of the match, too. And how they I was just conditioned that there would be some sort of DQ from either them or Santana. Um and in Jericho's promo, did was was it the line you pumpkin head dipshits? Is, is that what got you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a good line, but no, I just thought the the overall delivery. I thought his look. I thought he looked really tough in the black t shirt with a little bit of stubble, and he didn't have a hairband because, uh, like, it's hard to look tough with a hairband. Mm-hmm. It just is. He also he looked he looked a little thinner. Maybe it's just the black being, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and then just yeah, bleeding into the the black the black ring gear too. So yeah, it was definitely very effective, and um, I'm excited for for uh, blood and guts. Hopefully, you know that event will still be on, and we'll get to see that. Um, but yeah, so I think I think we can move on to lightning round. Let's do so, it. So yeah, uh, first thing. That Dark Order Sucks parody commercial was fantastic. It was so good. And man, I I always forget that like Christopher Daniels can be really freaking funny when he wants to be. And I just, oh my God, it, the him in the turtleneck, uh, just <laughs> Dark Order sucks. Screw the Dark Order. Like, I loved um, all the cut-ins, all the cut-ins, like, just like the the dark order yeah commercial like ring general gear and stuff yeah and and then we got kazarian cutting in and it was just it was so well done and i like that he laid out a challenge i do think it's a little awkward they've since announced that the exalted one is going to be announced next week yeah so i thought it was a little weird that he laid out this challenge of, hey, I'm going to face the two of you. And, you know, after I beat you both, I'll prove once and for all that there is no exalted one. And then that, you know, obviously that challenge is not being accepted. So that was a little bit awkward to me. But the the parody itself, I thought was great. Well, maybe he'll face both of them next week. Maybe he'll face Uno and Stu consecutively, beat them both, and then boom, exalted one debuts. Um but yeah, it, it was really funny, and um, yeah, I <laughs> just the screw the dark order, and he he's so good. I love Christopher Daniels. Is there any? Uh, what's the next thing you want to talk about on lightning round? That was a well, true I lightning round right there. I can't not talk about the search for Spears tag team partner. <laughs> that was so good. That was so funny. Uh, I've seen a lot of the the ones that they've done on social media that they've promoted, and I was pleased to see that. These were kind of a different subset for the most part. There was one dude who they had featured on social media that they also featured on Dynamite. But for the most part, those were uh, submissions that I hadn't seen. So I may have to check out that hashtag and and see what some of these people are putting out there because so much of it is so funny. And I just had a blast watching these little segments. Like, I love the the kind of scrawny kid who was like, I could be the perfect tag team partner. You just have to make the perfect tag team partner. (laughs) Train me to be your perfect tag team partner. Like that's a pretty good pitch. And and it was just funny. Uh, I like the short guy saying I'm a perfect five. Yeah. (laughs) Foot four. 
And then, like, the, the one who went all Gus Farrat and just started beating his head against the wall. <laughs> like, yeah, that was... <laughs> oh, bro, that's how you get CTE. <laughs> but, yeah, just really fun stuff. And uh, it kind of... We've had a couple, like, who are they type of things pop up. You know, obviously, the Exalted one's the biggest one. But they can probably drag this out a little bit. I just hope that when they do find Sean Spears' tag team partner, that they're actually, like, a legit tag team. and can make a dent in the division because it's a shame that Sean Spears, it seemed like he was going to be a really big focal point when he debuted last year, especially when he almost killed Cody with that chair shot. Um, so yeah, just curious to see where it goes, but yeah, that, that it's so funny, man. Like they're doing a really good job with this. And Cody said that their email like crashed last week. I yeah, don't believe I saw that's that actually true, but you know, that's a good way to continue the hype around uh, what they got going on here. And well, I the bet thing this is, is something. Oh yeah, keep going. If they continue to feature these submissions on Dynamite, people are going to keep sending them in in the hopes that they get on Dynamite, and that allows them to run this for as long as they want to. It, it kind of makes me think of all the um, Fashion Files vignettes that they did with uh, Breeze Dango and the other wrestling company. Mm-hmm. Those went on for a really long time and they just did a different theme every week and it didn't lead anywhere. This is, this could be that as long as there's a payoff. Like the only thing that was disappointing with the fashion files was that there wasn't a real and true payoff in the end. So, you know, this I think has a lot of potential. And one last thing, I like the video submissions more than just pairing them with random wrestlers. We never heard of on dark. Like you said, there was some guy from ECW. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But I think this is a much better way to do it. And yeah, keep it up. It's fun. Maybe we should put our OWS minds together and come up with our submission video. Yeah, I don't want to take bumps. Mm, yeah, they hurt. Yeah. Well, <laughs> next thing for me <laughs> in lightning round was uh, I, w- I want to talk about Luchasaurus versus the Butcher and the Blade and MJF. And uh, Marco Stunt and MJF have been kind of uh, going back and forth on Twitter this week. Jungle Boy did it uh, leading up to their match a few weeks ago. And I really enjoyed when um, Marco Stunt, like, tough boy, J- uh, Jungle Boy, like, just slapped him in the chest like, no. And he started directing the traffic. Yeah. I'm not a Marco fan yet. Not yet. But I have enjoyed what he's done in AEW the last few weeks. And just what a what a fun match too, and just uh, kudos to Luchasaurus really selling that leg injury that they were focusing mm-hmm. on the whole match. You know, he did a really good job. You know, with just just looking like he was actually devastated there. And then some of the like it, someone Luchasaurus's size nailing that like standing moonsault will yeah. always look cool to me. Like I just. It, it looks so good and so impactful, and I I love that we got a Haas fight in the middle of the match between Luchasaurus and the Butcher. Those headbutts just looked freaking nuts. And then, like, the Butcher taking down uh, Luchasaurus with that clothesline just looked devastating. And the stuff that Luchasaurus can do with his feet and his legs, like, I just wouldn't expect someone that big to do it. So, he just... He, ugh. And his facial hair just keeps getting more impressive every week. I mean, the butcher added in 
mutton chops to go with his prodigious mustache. So I am all about the facial hair. And uh, I, I thought this was a really fun match. There was a, a really fun spot uh, where <laughs> the butcher just kind of hefted Marco's stunt and slammed him on the apron. And, <laughs> you know, it made the butcher look really strong. And uh, mm-hmm. I have to say the blade he really earns his name through those knife edge chops because they are loud. I, I thought he had a really good showing. Obviously jungle boy had a really good showing. He was kind oh, of, of course the star in this match and MJF did just so much great heel work. I loved him calling for time at the beginning of the match so he could take off his jacket and show off his yep. eye pinned Cody shirt. <laughs> so this was, this was a fun one. Yeah, uh, it's a nice mini feud to to get us past blood and guts because the promo from MJF last week sounds like he's going after the AEW title next. And and one last thing, <laughs> when Marco jumped on the butcher's back and JR said like a squirrel on a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. I, I got the visual 100%. So uh, just a really, really good line from good old JR. Anything else on lightning round, bro? Well, I think the last thing really there is to talk about from this show was Private Party with Joey Janela against Death Triangle. And this, I feel like every week we get a tag team match that is just chaos, all offense, no defense. And this match this week fit the bill. So much to talk about. I thought that Isaiah Cassidy got a real showcase in this match. His offense looked great. He did so many cool things. There was an awesome spot where they did the silly string on Ray Phoenix and then Phoenix spun in a circle to make it look even more devastating when he spun out into the DDT mm-hmm. and just really good stuff. Death Triangle, the, the those three guys together have such a tremendous amount of talent and ability in the ring. I am excited to see what they can do. And uh, Joey Janela was kind of the odd one out in this match, but he still managed to have some moments. And Mm -hmm. it it was just a fun match to watch. Just go back and watch it. If you watched it, go back and watch it again, because it was really, really fun. (laughs) My uh, my favorite spot in the match was when Janela had pack on his shoulders. Mark Quinn flips over them while they're on the apron. And then as Janela's leaning against the post, uh, Cassidy climbs up and like springboards off of Pac's back. And I'm like, holy crap. And then just to put the nail in the coffin, they do the Death Valley driver on the apron. It was just a really cool sequence. Looked like it hurt like hell. And then that six man submission move after the match. I've never seen anything like that before. And it looks like they probably need to clean it up a little bit, but uh, just. They were they were trying to kill him, and that's great. And I think we're looking at our first AEW six man champions whenever that comes along, if it comes along. Because I don't I know. I sure hope so. Yeah, they have they have the roster for it, and they have the groups for it. And I think when we talked about it when I when in Ring of Honor a few years ago, you always talked about how like that third team member that you add to an existing team can make this so much fun. Like who did who did Bully Ray win it with in uh? In Ring of Honor, was that with like, was it, fuck, was it Silas Young and 
Beer City or I don't think so. I think that's right. Yeah, uh, and it's just like Bully Ray is this like wild card added to it, and you have an existing dominant tag team and Ray Phoenix and Pentagon, but then you go and add Pack to it. Like, who's gonna beat that? Like, they need to. We've been talking about this for months, and they have to be listen. They have to know that fans want this. So I hope that we do get that at some point. And Death Triangle would be a fantastic team to kind of hold that division down. So here's my pitch if they decide to do it. Uh, Joey Janela and Kip Sabian get past their differences and they team up with Penelope Ford and we get Love Triangle versus Death Triangle and we see who comes out on top. Yeah, I'm all for that. That sounds fantastic. And and Ford would actually be the third member of their team? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect, perfect. You know she can go. I mean, she would absolutely hold her own in that match and she's a tremendous worker and I, I would i would enjoy seeing that oh man all right well anything else in lightning round or are you ready to close this thing up yeah so my random observation of the week uh we got a signature Rhodes brother power slam from each of the Rhodes brothers this evening and i rate cody's power slam as three out of five ortons and uh Dustin gets four out of five Ortons. So that's the official scorecard from this week. The or- the Orton scale? <laughs> yeah, okay. well, Orton is the best. I mean, I love the Rhodes Brothers power slams, but nobody does it better than Randy Orton. Uh, he's an artist when it comes to power slams. So, uh, so yeah. Cool. We'll have to, I'll have to keep that in mind. Make sure that I'm, I'm trying to keep it on the Orton scale. So. <laughs> I think it even sounds good. The Orton scale sounds super official. Yeah. So well, it well, let's sounds look like ahead. Shoemaker thing too. You know, where you, if you stand next to Orton, you, oh yeah, and you look like you belong. But no, nah, I like the Orton scale for Power Slam. So that's a good one. Good observation. Awesome. Well, let's look ahead to uh, to next week's episode, which uh, AEW has actually announced that it's no longer going to be taking place in Rochester, New York. So. Uh, they are moving it to Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. And they also announced that the following week's episode, which was scheduled to take place in Newark, is going to be moved to a new location, which they'll reveal at a later time. So uh, what's been announced for that show now in Jacksonville, Florida? Yeah, we got two matches announced so far, uh, subject to change, obviously. But we got the Best Friends in Orange Cassidy versus Death Triangle in a six-man tag match. Uh, this should just be a ton of fun. That's this has been a, a feud that's been a feud and not a feud. I feel like, but it's been going on for a while now, and uh, I know that. I hope Orange Cassidy tries because this should be a wicked fun match. And what I loved from a, a maybe a week or two ago, where Orange Cassidy like kind of got in Pac's face, like you definitely see that there's more to this than just hey, this is a match. So, what what are your thoughts on? on best friends and oc versus death triangle orange cassidy enough said i'm in there we go (laughs) and to continue next week's six-man tag chaos we have a six-man tag match between the inner circle versus the elite with the advantage for blood and guts on the line now we don't know which members are going to be in this match uh i feel it's safe to assume we're going to have jericho as one of the members so uh should be fun and I, I think from a storyline perspective, it would make sense for the inner circle to win this. Oh, yeah. The I heels like, always get the advantage. Yeah. I mean, it would be yeah. really weird. 
Now, here's what I'll say. We have this weird dynamic within the elite. So like, mm-hmm. for instance, if Adam Page were to start the match and then Matt Jackson were the first person to go in on the babyface side, that could be an interesting dynamic and that could kind of allow them to give the advantage to the babyfaces instead of giving the advantage to the heels. That being said, I fully expect the inner circle to win this match and set up the heels to have the advantage for blood and guts. Ditto. <laughs> not much, not much else to say there, but uh, should be, should be fun. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll find more about the card as we get closer. But um, yeah, Joel, I think if that's it, we can, we can head into some uh, house cleaning here. So yes, indeed. Yeah. So everybody, uh, you can follow us. We've said this every week, but you can follow us on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show. You can email us at theotherwrestlingshow at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. I've been interacting with some of you through our my weekly live tweeting. And I apologize for cutting off the live tweeting last night. I got halfway through the show. And then the president took over. So uh, we'll continue the live tweeting going forward. Um, and one thing is if there's any week where maybe Dynamite isn't aired or due to coronavirus, we're still going to bring you some ep- some sort of episode, whether it be a bonus episode about kind of our wrestling fandom or some other, you know, ideas. So uh, don't worry. You're always going to have that episode Thursday night, Friday morning, um, even if Dynamite takes a takes a hiatus like some of the other sporting leagues going on right now. So, um, but yeah, Joel, anything anything to add to to our, our, our house cleaning here? Well, I'll make my regular weekly plea. If you like the show, support the show. Tell a friend. That is the number one best thing that you can do. Smash that subscribe button and get other people you know who like wrestling to do the same. Uh, Any growth helps us out. We are a very small operation and uh, we really like doing this. So we want to definitely grow this audience and, and hopefully create a community and some engagement. So if you like the show, support the show. Yeah, you know, this is something that needs to go viral. Uh, bad choice. Not gonna, I'm going to take that out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't want to go, go viral. viral. No, no. No virality <laughs> right now. Leave it in. Leave it in? All right, I'll leave it in. Um, but yeah, and on that note... Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling. Bye.